The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan Brand Unis during my time. Now, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham is spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Alex Meacham. You can find me on Snapchat, Big Meach 41. And thanks to my producer, the Honorable Stu Holt. I'm on TikTok. No videos, though. Just a creeper. On TikTok, at Alex Meacham 41. Bearcat fans, I'm excited to welcome in our next guest, play for the Bearcats from 2003 to 2006. And I'm on record for saying this over and over again. In my opinion, he goes down as the greatest dunker in UC Bearcat history. Don't at me. I'd like to welcome in my guy, number 21, James Flight White. What up, Flight? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm maintaining, man. Now, listen, you're very active on Twitter, and a lot of Bearcat fans, I think, really enjoy that because they love hearing from former players what they got going on. And one thing that you're very active on Twitter about is something that I really love, and that is the sport of boxing. Yes. Yeah, you are a yeah. big boxing aficionado. How did big that time. come about? Well, where I'm from, boxing is like a real big deal. I'm from uh, C. Pleasant, Maryland. Uh, right next door is Palmer Park, where Sugar Ray Leonard's from. Oh, wow. And okay. Growing up, he had a, a boxing gym in Palmer Park. Uh, and my mom's actually from that, that, that area that I grew up boxing. The whole neighborhood grew up boxing. My dad's real big into boxing. Uh, used to have me watching uh, not just boxing, but uh, early MMA. Like the first, the first UFCs, I saw those like on tape. I never forget them. Like Hoyce Gracie, Dan Severin, all them dudes. So like I was big into all combat sports. Was involved in it. Uh, I'm a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. So I was wow. in it all that. So I okay. boxed. Uh, coming up and took Taekwondo, so I'm into it. And then like the other side of it, just I know some boxers, so like uh, I'm just I'm just really big into it. And I'm actually yeah, my son, my youngest son is just starting to box, so uh, yeah, I'm into it. Good, I love it. So let, let's talk just a, briefly a little bit about boxing because I don't get a chance to talk boxing with a lot of people because I yeah. feel like since the heavyweight, you know, there was a point where heavyweight was, you know, on on top of the world. Everybody loved boxing, obviously, Mike Tyson being such a big figure in sports as he was. But then there was kind of a drop-off. And I think think other sports played a part in the heavyweight side of boxing not being as popular as it is now. And Mm -hmm. then you get a guy like Floyd who comes into the sport and, you know, he kind of turned it into, okay, it's the, it's the world against me. And it became so much entertainment. And and in my opinion, I think he is obviously one of the most skilled fighters 
defensively, offensively, one of the most skilled fighters of all time. But I think one thing that's happened that's going to really help this sport, and that is, and some people don't like this, and I want to get your opinion. Floyd is getting ready to fight Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you, you're starting to get these uh, YouTube influencers yeah. yeah, starting to do the sport, and people are kind of dogging on that. But what I tell them is I think it's bringing attention to the sport that will help other fighters, i.e. a Spence, Ryan Garcia, Tank. Mm-hmm. It will bring attention to them. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you have people that are, like, fans of the, the sweet science of boxing like me. I, I love watching the technical part of boxing. But the novice, the person who just doesn't know anything about boxing and just tuning in, they're turning in for the spectacle. The reason Mike Tyson was such a big person is because he knocked people out. And that's why the sure. heavy, heavyweight division was so big because most likely you're going to get a knockout because all he takes is one punch with the heavyweights. The thing that Floyd did was he turned it into a – he used a sweet science, but he also was like, it's me, and you're tuning in to see if I'm going to lose. Yep. That's what it's all about. So now – the thing that Floyd's doing now is he's bringing in these eyes that don't know anything about boxing, but know about Logan Paul, know about Jake Paul, know about these guys, and he's bringing them into the sport, which is a good thing. Now, some people are saying, like you know, like you said, that it's, it's a bad thing, but all it's going to do is add fans to boxing because what's going to happen is Floyd's going to carry him for a couple rounds and then he's going to knock him out. That's what's going to mm-hmm. happen. And then people are going to just start like, oh, I want to see more of this. So you're going to continue to see these type of fights as long as people pay for them. And the people that are paying for them are the people that are fans of Logan Paul, not fans of Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, no question. So let me get you gave me your opinion on the Floyd Logan Paul, which I agree with. Uh, what is your opinion on a couple of fights coming up? Uh, Pacquiao versus Spence on August 21st. Uh, a lot of people are giving Pac no chance. I mean, I think he has a chance if he's, he has to fight very smart. Uh, but in the day, I think it's a pass the torch type of fight. Um, and I just heard that he's getting his WBA championship back, so it, it, it uh, raises the stakes even more for Earl Spence, so he's going to be even more hungry. So I got Spence in that one, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think it is. Um, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I'm, I'm rolling with Spence as well. Now, a fight that I really want to see um, is, is up-and-coming Ryan Garcia, a lot mm-hmm. of people are attracted to his speed, and I know he's a pretty boy, so he's going to bring in that side of the fan base. But mm-hmm. one of the guys that I got a chance to watch work out in Vegas some years ago when he was on the rise, one of the extremely hard hitters in the sport, and that's Tank Davis. So mm-hmm. everyone's talking about Tank and Garcia going at it. Um, what would be your opinion on that fight? First of all, you know, Tank's from Baltimore. So I see him Tank fight when he was a little kid. That's mm-hmm. first of all. Second of all, Tank has a big Tank has a big big fight coming up. I don't know if people know that he he fights Mario Barrios, who's a one forty right. champion. He's going up two weight classes to fight a big, talented, hard hitting dude from San Antonio. It's going to be a barn burner. That fight's going to be crazy. So he has to get past him first. But with him and Garcia, that's a that's a tough fight for both because Ryan's defense isn't great right now. Mm-hmm. He, still, he still has some flaws in the chink in his armor, but at the same time, he hits hard. Tank gets hit, and he's very tall. So I think that will that will give uh, Tank some problems, and he's very fast. So that's mm-hmm. to me, that's a fifty fifty fight right there. I don't know who will win that, but like I said, 
Tank got a big fight coming up. So we, we'll we see. The next This next fight will let me know a lot about Tank. And I really give a lot of props to Tank for him even going up two weight classes of fighting that dude. True, true. Uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Tank. I, I I like I like how he fights. Obviously, he doesn't have the personality of a Floyd, you know, a camp mm-hmm. that he's he's under. But he's a hard nosed kid, and I, I I give him the edge versus Garcia just because, you know, Garcia is going to hit him. He's, mm-hmm. he's too he's too fast. But Tank likes to get hit. Like he'll take two to give you one. That's and, that, sure. and that one he's going to give you. Man. That's only that's the only thing about Garcia though. He hits hard. He does for his he division does. for 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 one thirty five. He hits hard, and he he probably shouldn't even be at one. He probably should be at a one forty one. He'd be he he's a big kid, so he hits pretty hard, especially that left that left hand. So it's like, man, how many are you gonna take though? But I think right. I think I think Tank will eventually catch him because Garcia he moves straight back every like he doesn't dip or move to the side. All his movements are straight. Back. That's how he got caught by Luke Campbell. Moving yep. backwards, and he got caught. I think if he gets caught by one of the tanks, he ain't getting up from that one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. He ain't getting up. Um, any other fights you're looking forward to see coming up? Mm, I'm looking forward to the. I'm looking forward to the Fury. Um, Fury uh, Wilder fight. I think. I oh, think yeah, Wilder. Yeah, yeah. I think going into that second fight, Wilder had a lot of stuff going. He had a he had a bicep injury. He just had. He didn't look. He didn't look right at all from the beginning of the fight. From the start, mm-hmm. he just didn't look right, and I think with his new trainer uh, Malik Scott, I think he's gonna throw some new wrinkles. I think he's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a way better fight. And um, with him, you never know what's gonna happen. So, I think that fight, uh, like I said, the Tank Mario Barrios fight. Uh, I want to see. I want to see Terrence Crawford get in there with either um, Showtime Sean Porter or Ugas. And man, Lomachenko got a fight against uh, coming up against Nakatomi. That's a big fight, and that's about it. Terrence Crawford's one of my favorites to watch right now. That's that. that's that's my guy, man. That's yeah. He, when he fights, I I stop everything. I got I definitely got to watch that. He's on the shelf, man. He, his promotion is doing a terrible job with him. He's just on the shelf, and you know Bob Aaron came out uh, lately and said he can't make no money with him, and so he, it's man, it's tough on right now. Yeah. Well, hey, let's let's jump into uh, you know coaching a little bit. You know, a, a lot of one of the great things I think about you know the former players from from University of Cincinnati is to, to find out what they're doing, and so many of them are involved in basketball in some form or fashion, whether it's youth basketball. Kenny Satterfield just got the head coaching mm-hmm. job at Hughes High School. Cashmere Wright's uh, at Clark. Kevin Johnson's coaching with Cashmere Wright. So many guys are getting involved. And I love to see guys on the rise and get an opportunity to coach at the highest level, whether that's college and, um, in some cases, eventually the NBA. And um, you've been on record saying that you want to coach, and um, this past season you've coached. Um, can you update the Bearcat fans on where you coached and how it went? Well, I mean, it's still going on right now. Actually, um, I had an opportunity um, Well, Steve Francis, he has a, a team here in the in this league called the TBL, which is like a pro league, a pretty good level, probably like a little lower than the G League. We got some guys that are pros, and um, we got 30 teams throughout the country. Um, I didn't know much about it when I entered the league, but 
being in there now is, is pretty pretty legit league and good basketball players and good basketball. So I was able to um, come when I was supposed to be the assistant for Mucci Norris. He was mm-hmm. supposed to be the, the head coach. But Mucci took me obligations, so I ended up being the head coach from the beginning. So I've been, you know, which, which is hard, which is hard because as an assistant, you develop, you try to develop relationships with the players so that they can come to you. You know, all assistants are guys that are like, like, like a big brother to the, to the, to the players, you know? Right. And I had that, I had early on, I developed that uh, relationship with them. And then I was turned to the head coach. So it was like, damn, I, blew it, so I might be too <laughs> close to him. You know what I'm saying? So I had yeah. that dynamic, but it's been going great, man. And, um, we fifteen and one. We number one team in the whole league right now, and um, man, we we rolling, man. We rolling right now. So I mean, hopefully we win the championship. But right now it's, it's looking real good. What's what's your coaching style? Man, I I I, be, I basically um, I'm a mix between hugs and AK, mm. if that makes sense. So defense, like we be heavily defensively. I'm picking up full court, um, big a lot of help. Uh, no offensive rebounds allowed. Big, big on defense, but offensively, it's like a free. I don't, I don't condemn anybody for any shots. Uh, I let guys play free, but I run an offense where it's like everybody's going to, you know, get involved. And so, I mean, everybody's going to have opportunity. So that's that's the type of uh, coaching style I run. I'm not uh, too uh, too hard on them offensively. Defensively is where I'm um, I'm real hard on them. All. Now, obviously, Bob Huggins is known for the legendary three-hour practices mm. when he coached <laughs> with the Bearcats, and they were they were just absolutely wild. What are your practices like? Not like that. <laughs> I mean, even because these because these guys are pros, it's different, it, right? It's different. It's way different. It's, I mean, I consider them pros. Like, even though I mean. It's not at the highest level. I still treat it like pros because a lot of these guys are going to go on to get jobs elsewhere. So we already got two or three guys that had offers overseas, a couple guys signed uh, with G League teams. So when they get there, they have to be prepared to, to practice and play like pros. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm treating it. So when you're in the pros, you might practice an hour, two hours, and then you got the whole rest of the day. So you got mm-hmm. you got from 10 to 12, and then after 12 o'clock, you got a whole free day. Now, how do you handle yourself after that? That's the mm-hmm. key. So, so we we handle it like that. We do a lot of, um, we play a lot. Um, we do a lot of uh, individual work, but we practice about four four or five times a day, and we play on we play two day, two games on the weekend. So, like like this weekend, for example, we play Friday and Saturday. So I will give them off Sunday. Probably give them uh, depending on how well we play Saturday and Sunday. I might give them uh, Sunday Monday off, and then we probably back on Tuesday and go hard. Yeah. Now, okay, so I, I thought – I made a mistake. I thought your season was over with, so it's mm-hmm. still going on. When does yeah. it end? Uh, it'll be over at the end of this month. So playoffs, I think we got three more weeks of the regular season, or two more weeks of the regular season after this week, and then playoffs start. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, what What do you think your chances are in the playoffs? Oh, man. Good? Uh, if, we, if we don't win the championship, it's a, it's a disappointment. Okay. It's a letdown. That's, I mean, that's how – Superior, I think my team is than everybody else's. Good, I like that. So, uh, so this so far mm-hmm. is being a head coach. Is it what you expected? I'm sure you've learned a lot, but is it what you expected? And are you enjoying it? So going into it, I wanted to be the assistant because I want I want to learn. My whole thing is 
learning how to be a head coach eventually. And it's a lot of things that go into being a head coach that that I didn't understand. So, like, I, like just even getting the players to buy into your system, uh, running a practice, uh, preparing for practices, doing all that stuff is something that I was I wanted to learn from somebody else. And one of the real reasons I want to uh, get on a staff because eventually I want to be a head coach, but I want to be an assistant coach first and learn. So being thrown right into it, I had to learn quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had, mm-hmm. to, I had to learn For quick. Sure. And it really, really what I did was go back to my old my old playing days and just how did we run practice at UC? How did we run practice? with How did Popovich do things? How did Hugs do things? How did AK? Mm-hmm. And I just did it. I, I took a mix of everything, and I, right. I did it like that and incorporated it like that. And then I, I got a great group of guys. You know, you got to – with me, I'm really the only coach, so I got to deal with personalities. I got to deal with playing time. I got to write the. I got to watch all the film, prepare everything, prepare. So I'm doing everything. So I'm getting a good, a good uh, experience with everything right now. So it's, it's great, and I love. It. You're wearing a lot of hats, man. Wow. It, it's it's because it's like a, it's a mix between, uh, playing overseas and AAU, because mm. the level the level is the basketball is good, but like as far as like. You know when we travel, so we so we might travel to uh, like we've been on the road for the last four weeks. So we might go to Dallas on Saturday. We might mm-hmm. drive the day of the game, and then the the day after that, right after the game, we drive to uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then stay overnight, and you got to do it like it's, it's it's a little different. So you have to be uh, like you said. I wear am wearing a lot of hats, driver, everything. Well, see, I I think I think that experience will. will will bode well for you in the future because you eventually want to be a head coach, but you're learning and having to deal with all the different aspects of the game. You're, you're a head coach right now. You are also the first assistant, second assistant, mm-hmm. third assistant, the Dobo, like you're, you're doing all of that, which right. means you could jump into a position later and you're like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. I've, exactly. I've been doing that. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and it's crazy because it, as Coaching pros, the difference between coaching pros, I got lucky because in this position, these guys, when you coach like in the NBA, it's a different thing with coaching in college because the players have more of a more of an advantage over you, right? So you don't have as much power in the NBA as you do in college. So because in college, everybody's still trying to get somewhere, right? NBA, right. they're there and they're making more money than you, so they have more power. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But right. it's a mixture here because these guys, a lot of these dudes are just fresh out of college, right? So they're still trying to achieve something. So they're still listening. They're, they're still buying in. They're still whatever you tell them. They and it's me because and they know me and they uh they know what I've done in my career. So they they're all ears and they and they listen still. And uh, everything I've done has been working. So they you know I've, I've got lucky. So you know I've been uh, I've been blessed to have a great group of guys. Uh, Steve has been great uh, helping me out with uh, anything I need and. We done good. And Mushi and Mushi comes through like today. Uh, we had practice. We had a couple guys uh, down, and Mushi practiced. <laughs> Mushi practiced today at 50, oh, 50 wow. years old. Practice. He pulled wow. a hamstring, but he practiced today. <laughs> <laughs> right. But you know what? So I, I want to use this to segue into you and I had quite a few conversations via text on the phone mm-hmm. um, when Wes Miller got the job at the University of Cincinnati about you coming on on staff and um, being an assistant under Wes Miller. But but now that I listen to you, it's almost maybe a blessing um, mm-hmm. that you're doing what you're doing because you might be gaining 
more valuable experience, at least right now, than you would if you would, you know, be a year under the Bearcats. Does that make sense? No, 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 but for sure. And I and I look at it like uh, what's meant for me will be for me. And mm. it'll, it'll come, it'll eventually come, and I, I just I feel that way. And I think it, it's going to be an opportunity that comes up that's going to be, like, perfect. And uh, like you said, I think that what, it was a blessing. But, you know, e- either way, it would have been a great experience, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, I, the experience I'm getting now, man, I, I probably wouldn't be able to get uh, any anywhere else. I mean, things just worked out kind of perfect for me for what I want to do in the future. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, let's talk about your interaction with, with Wes Miller. Um, you had mm-hmm. a chance to, to speak with him, correct? Yeah, I, I spoke to him twice. Once before, um, he told me he hired DJ, then once, like the the day he told me, so I talked to him like, uh, you know, he was telling me he didn't know I was interested in coaching. We were talking, and we had a good talk. He's man, what's crazy is we had we played against each other in high school. So he uh, was telling me the story about because uh, he played with um, he played with Rashad McCants, and I remember the game. I was mm-hmm. at Hargrave Military Academy. We were talking about that game, how crazy it was. And we were just talking, man, just like you know, like we know each other for years. And that's right. the thing that I, I took away from him. He's like a very down to earth, cool dude, man. And I, I felt sincere as far as what he said he was looking to do with the team. You know, a lot of guys say, you know, they want to bring guys back as far as, you know, bring the guys back and get them involved in the program. But he sounded like he's really, you know, vested in that. And, and I could see his vision of all the things he wanted to do. So that was dope. Yeah, for sure. So, so your your impression of him just from two conversations and some of the things maybe you've seen on Twitter as far as his actions thus far, you've been impressed with him. Yeah, because um, a lot of the a lot of the players, right? So, for example, Eric Eric called. I haven't talked to Eric Hickson, especially like on the phone in in years. <laughs> years, you know. That's you know me. Me and Hicks have a weird relationship. That's my guy, right? So, uh huh. He Hicks calls me. I was. Yesterday or the day before, I was I just finished practice, called me out of nowhere. It was like, yo, yo, skinny, uh, you know, uh, I man, we got we, we got Wes. He's like, he talking about how he loves Wes and how mm-hmm. Wes is going to do all these things. And then, I mean, that's what I mean. Like the play, the 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 former players really feel that he's really trying, and just by his actions, hiring DJ, bringing Kyle Washington, in, like that's those actions really show that you are really trying and that you want to, you know make this thing get back to where it was. So, I mean, it's more about the actions than him just talking because, I mean, anybody can talk. Like, all these dudes that are head coaches do a pretty good job of talking because they, they have to because they have to get recruits, right? So, yeah. so like, yeah. basically, you know, it's about actions. It's not about just your words. But his words also, was like, when I talked to him, it wasn't about just what he was saying. It was like, okay, I feel like – he, he's a player almost like he's a he's a former player so i felt mm-hmm. him what he was saying you know so everything he was saying was like real stuff you know what i'm saying so yeah for sure and you just mentioned you know earlier with uh dermar with slim getting the uh job there with him um i i know you and and dermar are close uh mm-hmm. i know you're, you're you're happy for him um you've had conversations with him and what what were those like as far as you know him being happy that he that he's there yeah so when west i talked to west the Second time, Wes was like, "Yeah, James, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go with Demar. I'm gonna hire Demar." As I was like, "Oh, that's cool," you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I'm disappointed not getting the gig, but at the same time, I was like, man, that's my brother, you know what I'm saying? So I was happy right. for him, and also 
about the West and the program, you know what I'm saying? Because I know DJ was mm-hmm. going to do a great job. And then I called DJ, like, yo, congrats. And he was he was talking to me like, yeah, man, I got the gig, but I don't know what I'm going to be doing. You know what I'm saying? He didn't, he didn't at, the point, <laughs> at that point, he didn't know what he was, you know, he, what he was right. going to be doing. But, yeah, man, DJ, is, I mean, he's, he's bought into Cincinnati all the way. You know, DJ, he lives there. He's yep. more acclimated than I am as far as the, the city. You know, he's truly embraced the city, truly embraced the Bearcats, and he's going to be all in, man. Yeah, he's excited, man. I don't, I don't know if you saw that picture that he, um, he had in his office of me that they had in his office when he, when he went in. Did you see that? I, I did, I did see that. Was that there prior? Or did he, he did it was that just, up. No, it was just in the office. That was That's just crazy. What was in the office when he went in there. It was crazy. That is yeah. that is crazy. I, I've never I've never seen that in there. And I, I haven't really been in the office like that, but uh, uh, that's that's pretty cool. So let me ask you this. All right, and this is going to lead me to the next question. Mm-hmm. If next year a position opens, an assistant position opens um, on the Bearcat staff, would you want to interview for that position? Oh yeah. I mean, it depends on what I got going, but yes. I mean, I, I mean, look. I have a I have a dream like so I have a dream of the, the way I want things to work out. I mean, I my my eventual goal is to be uh, at Cincinnati, whether it be head coach, assistant coach. I mean, eventually be on staff at Cincinnati. I mean, whether it be later, or early, whatever. That's the dream, and then we'll go from there. But you know that that'll be that'll be great if I can do it early and then go from there. But you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I I feel like um, after this summer, I'll I'll have more opportunities to uh, to to get on somewhere else, and then we'll see what happens in the future. Yeah. So why so why are you so passionate about joining the Bearcat staff? Because because listen, there are some former players that they're like, oh, I don't care. I'll get on wherever I get on. I'm good. But you you are like passionate about coaching for the Bearcats. Why is that? Because first of all. Uh, when I leaving somewhere, so when you transfer somewhere, right? And uh, I transferred from Florida, and I came to Cincinnati. Uh, it felt like it was like home, and they embraced me. You know what I'm saying? They embraced mm-hmm. me, and it felt like uh, you know, everything about the feel of the hugs era and everything that was going on in the city. You know, I was. It was just like I can't explain. It. It's like. It's, it was just different, and it was just like mm-hmm. an experience where I feel like every – and I and I experienced some of that at Florida too, just that college that college experience, that, that big-time experience. I felt that at Cincinnati, like, at a, to a whole other level. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a coach. That my, my passion is coaching, and I want to coach at that level and bring that type of passion and be part of something like that back in Cincinnati. If any – if I can bring that – and uh, that type of feel anywhere I wanted to be at Cincinnati because I know what it could be, and I know how great um, the city is, the, the school is, and I just want to bring that same type of energy back. I want to bring everything back. I want to bring all that, that, that feel back. You can't bring that, you know, that time back. you got to move on from that time. But I want to bring that feel back to the city where it's like, yeah, we, we're, those, we're the people to be feared. Like, when yep. you know, when we when you come to Cincinnati, it's, it's going down, like, that's the type yep. of feel I want to bring, you know what I'm saying? I want to be a part of. And I feel like even if I'm in a capacity where I'm I'm a recruit, I can bring those type of people in. That's just the type of people I'm 
go get because I know what type of people the city loves. Yeah, and and the fans here love you. Like there there are some players that have played for the Bearcats that there's just this fascination with certain players. You're one of those players. And on top of that, there are iconic images of you that mm-hmm. people just don't won't forget, won't ever forget. Like the the, the midnight madness dunks, the mm-hmm. the end game dunks when you wore the red Jordans. Like there there were so many and they're iconic. It, your pictures on the damn wall in the office. Like yeah. that's that's that picture alone there is an iconic image. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. so people, people love that. And for you to come back at some point, and, and if you remember when I interviewed you way back, I told you, you, you will be a fantastic coach if that's something that you, you know, pursue. So hopefully that happens at some point. And what I want you to do right now for me, I want mm-hmm. you to act like I'm Wes Miller and right. I'm calling, and I'm calling James White. I'm calling you. Why should I hire you to be my next assistant coach sell me right now well i mean if you're going to hire anybody there's nothing that anybody that you can hire can do better than me i mm. mean i'm my basketball knowledge is top notch uh i know all the programs i know how i can help you and assist you in any way but on top of that i can get recruits i can help players develop Mm-hmm. And when the players look at me, they, they look at a, a guy who has been where they want to be, and I can help them all achieve that. When I walk into a living room with players, with parents and the players, I can tell them how to reach their goals. And, and for the most part, I think they'll believe me because I've been there and I've done it for 15 years. So uh, not just that, but all around basketball aspect, I can help your team in any way. And, um, I mean, my passion for the Bearcats is second to none. My passion for, for being a coach and developing players and helping young kids reach their dreams is second to none. And, um, you know, that's basically it. You're, you, you sold me. You're hired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're in. And, and you said something. So what, what a lot of Bearcat fans need to understand is when assistant coaches are hired, one of their main jobs is to get players. And I think mm-hmm. – one of the strengths, one of the many strengths you would bring to the table is the fact that you've got access to a lot of players. I mean, there are a yeah. lot of – you're still connected in the basketball world, correct? Yeah, but see, like this year was crazy because, I mean, I have so many kids that I either coached or I just know because I still play, either playing against like in summer, like from, you know, D.C. is a hub. So D.C. is like the number one hub as far as basketball kids go. And it was like oh, 10 guys in the portal this year that I know that I know and hit me up or I hit them up and they're like, yo, what's up? Where are you going to be at? Like, are you going to – because I was – at the time I was talking to Brandon about coming on staff and mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I might I might be there. You know, I'll go. What's good? What you going to do? It was just like it was crazy. But I'm still connected with, with a lot of guys. Um, I'm still young enough to relate to some of the kids, so it's like, yep. you know, I, I, you know, I follow some of these, some of these uh, recruits. Uh, my son's 16. I got a, I got a nice, you know, I, I got a guy here who uh, does all the events in the Texas as far as the high school kids. So I have that plug. Of course, I got the DC assault and uh, the team takeover plug in, in DC. So does Demar. Demar, 
that's the thing about DeMar. He's going to be – I don't know if he's doing – how much recruiting he's doing, but him being able to walk in the gym is going to turn a lot of heads because he he knows a lot of people in the in the Washington, D.C. area and the Cincinnati area as far as uh, high school and um, high school kids. So he's going to be able to, mm-hmm. to get some, some get, get some players too and get some looks and get some guys in there too. And so that's going to help a lot. But, yeah, and then – the overseas, the overseas connection. If if we ever wanted to go that route and get some guys from from Turkey or Croatia or or especially Italy, always got that that part too. So yeah, I got I got some ties. Yeah, for sure. Now let's talk about the big three and your mm. involvement with the big three. So how, first of all, how did you get how did you get involved with the big three? It's crazy because uh, when the big three started, you know nobody knew what it was. Nobody knew how it was going to turn out. But I wanted to be a part of it, and I seen that. Um, well, DJ and Kenyon, well, DJ was a uh, DJ AI was the the coach and uh, for DJ team. DJ was the captain, and Kenyon was the uh, captain for trilogy. I was overseas, so I wasn't able to go to the combine. So mm-hmm. you know, they did. They had a thing where they was doing like a challenge, where somebody challenged somebody to make ten threes or something. I, I turned in a challenge and, you know, sent it all to the, 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 the captains and stuff and made a bunch of – I was in Iran, matter of fact. And um, so when the draft came, I didn't know – I didn't think I was going to get drafted. So I'm on Twitter and uh, Black Sports – what is this, Black Sports um, Online, I think it's called, BSO. Mm-hmm. He, he tweeted, oh, I thought James White still was still in the league. And I tweeted, I was like, whoa, what what happened? I got drafted or something? He said, yeah, you just got drafted, but I don't know who by who I'll hit you back. Come to find out it was it was Kenyon. So, I mean, that was like, okay, you know, Kenyon drafted me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if Kenyon didn't draft me, I, I probably DJ probably would have drafted me if, if Kenyon didn't draft me. But, but Kenyon got me first. And it was a perfect marriage, man. Then what happened was the first game of the season, Kenyon got hurt. So, mm-hmm. you know, Rick Mahorn doesn't really know me. You know, like that. You, mm-hmm. you don't practice or nothing. So Rick Mahorn doesn't know me. But he had, I had to play at that point. I had a great game, probably had like 20. And then after that, you know, King was hurt. Then we just started rolling. Me, McCants, and uh, me, McCants, uh, Al Harrington, Deion Glover, sometimes Parker. We just was rolling. And we just, you know, we, we ran the table that first year and won the, won the championship. And then from there, I got defensive player of the year. Then from there, um, you know, the next year we, we came back with the same team because if you win it, you keep the same team. So we came with the same team. We didn't, you know, we had injuries, so we didn't do as well. And then both of those guys, McCants and um, and Al, they didn't, they didn't come back the third year. And it was just – I was made a co-captain. Me and uh, David Hawkins made co-captains. And uh, Kenyon was a coach. And we, we had a pretty good year, but we had so many new dudes that didn't know, like, the way – the, uh, of the big three. So this year, you know, I'm back co-captain. Um, Stack Jack is the, the head coach. Mm-hmm. And J- Jared Jack's the captain. And um, Amir Johnson's the other co-captain. Okay. So so how long do you think you'll stay involved with the big three? Obviously, if you get a college coaching job, you'll have to – I don't you know, know because DJ's still playing, I believe. He's playing this? Yeah, he's, a, he's the captain of his team. DJ's the captain of his team. <laughs> You did not. You didn't know that. I did not know this. Yeah, DJ is, a, DJ is the captain of Three's company. He's the captain. He's been the captain the whole time. Oh yeah. man. So I, I don't. I, I don't know. know. I, it's it's because it's only one day out of your week. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like 
is one day, and really you can leave that same day. So you can come in that day and leave that day. You can play your game and really leave the same day. It depends on how your schedule is, you know, how the schedule is. But, I mean, if it is was that what you're gonna Is that what you're doing? Are you just flying or are no, you staying? I, because this year it's in Vegas. The first, like, five, four or five games are in Vegas. I think mm-hmm. they have a place for us there. I don't know if I'm going to stay or not. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Well, I have to see how it works out. Is is AI is AI involved? Nah, not this year. Now he's done. He was okay. he was done after the first year, which is a was a, which was a big blow because he really was the the face of it. Really, he was mm-hmm. the reason a lot of people came out that first year, like just to see him. They was yeah, just for sure. they just came out to see him, you know, and that was like that was a big blow. It was it was definitely a different, and he brought like the brotherhood towards the. For us, like the players, like when we went to a city, like we all went to his room. Like he had a, like the crazy suite, and everybody went to his room, played cards, hung mm-hmm. out. Like he, you, if you ever met AI, he's like a really like, like he shows love to everybody. Like he's the most loving dude <laughs> I've ever met. Like I just seen him recently, like a week ago. Like, and he acted like I was AI. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, really? How I would act when I see him? How he acts when he see like anybody? Like. He shows you so much love, like man, you know what I'm saying? Like he shows so much love to everybody. Like he really brought the brotherhood to the big three the first year. Like it was way mm-hmm. it was way different after he left. So it was like it was a big loss that he's not there. And that, that that's one of the guys that number one, I've never met AI. Number two, that's one guy I've always wanted to meet. So I, I hope to I hope to meet him one day. Um Ooh, so that's good to hear. Yeah, that's that's and that's very, very good to hear. So um I'll be out in Vegas. In August, so uh, yeah, we'll be there. Th- okay, I'm gonna look you up. We're gonna connect up for sure. De- I'm definitely gonna be by. Oh, let me, and, let me ask you. Listen, listen, listen how God works. The first, the 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 Tank Davis fight. I'll be in Vegas that that Saturday. I'll be in Vegas for that fight. Mm-hmm. Oh no, not Tank Davis. Not Tank Davis. I'm sorry. The uh, the Wilder and Fury fight. I'll be in Vegas. And the Earl Spence and Pacquiao fight. We'll be in Vegas for both of those. So wow! So you, you, man, you'll get to check out both of them for sure. For sure, I'll be in the building. Even if I'm nosebleed, I'm gonna be in the building. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. Those would be two good ones for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of fighting, um, mm-hmm. I, and I, I didn't have this on my script to talk to you about, but man, I, these fans are out of control at the at the NBA uh-huh. games, and, and you know, and we've seen this before. And I know mm-hmm. you played overseas, and it's it's wild over there as well, but. It's like every game, it's just something over and over, whether you're dumping popcorn on Russ, the fans spitting mm-hmm. on Trey, and the fan round the court and try to smack the backboard. And what, what do you, What's your take on all this right now? I, I knew once the um, media made a big deal out of it that they were going to be more copycats. And there's more stuff going to happen because mm-hmm. that's how these people are. It's going to be a copycat. People are going to try to upstage the next person. Somebody else is going to run on the court and try to shoot shoot the shoot the ball or something or something crazy <laughs> like that. I'm telling you. So like, there's going to be more stuff. But we've been dealing with that stuff forever. It's just that the media took it further and they got more eyes. There's more cameras than ever too. But right, like I said on Twitter, man, like this stuff that's happening. Yeah, the spitting is overhand, the popcorn. But I've seen some crazy crazy stuff in my day as far as you know, basketball games and all concerned with the overseas stuff. Like it's it's give me a good stuff. one. Give me a good one. Give me a good one. 
Man, I, I think I think I said this one on Twitter, man. I, we're jumping ball. We're jumping ball in a sand. We're in a small gym too. The fan threw a, a water bottle filled with pee and maybe some feces across the court. And, like, I coached, and it was, like, half open. And I coached, like, ducked, like, right in time. And it, like, exploded all over, like, the bench. It was crazy. I seen, oh. I seen, uh, when, that, when Greece plays, like, Greece, Greece and Turkey don't have the craziest fans. But, like, when Greece plays Turkey, like, say, because I played in my first year overseas, I played it uh, for uh, Fenerbahce um, in, in Turkey. We went to play Pesanenkos in Greece and Athens, and, man, they, they letting off bombs, like these little bombs inside trash cans, lighting trash cans on fire while, like, while the game's going on, throwing stuff all over the court, like, crazy. Yeah. That's- we, beat, we beat Partizan one time, and we beat Partizan, which is in, uh, you know, Belgrade, and I'm talking, you talking about raining – Nickels and dimes and whatever them coins is they got. Bro, I'm talking. We had to get like shelter. We had to run off the court. They was throwing so much stuff on the court. It's crazy. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That 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 makes the NBA stuff look like nothing compared to nothing. compared to that. But you know, it's like I feel we're coming off the pandemic back to capacity. It's almost like people have to relearn how to be like human beings again in public. Right. It's like. You know what I'm saying? Like people are just losing losing their mind. And I agree with you because I, I said the same thing to a friend of mine. I think we're gonna continue to see this. I mean, there are people are like I don't know if you've seen this, but there've been almost every night, every other night in baseball, they're fighting in the stands. I mean, I'm talking about knocking no, every people night. out. Yeah, especially in Houston. They get in the fight. Every my friends go to the games, every time they go to the game, they said there's been fight in at the at the Houston Astros game. Like yeah, they, I mean, I just think, yeah, like, people are not being used to being around each other, like, and I think it's going to take some time for them to get back to normal and treat people like they're supposed to be treated. You know, like, yeah. this, I just think that's, I think that's just what it is. But as far as the, the, the games go, yeah, like, people are going to continue to do crazy stuff, man. It's just going to, it is what it is. And the, and the consequences are not, like, so if a guy runs on the course and shoots a shot and he gets banned from, Masters for God for life. That's not a big deal to them, right? What is? Yeah, like a guy can come back. Somebody else can buy your ticket. Somebody can buy you a ticket, and you can come right. in with a hat or some glasses. All that is, that is just, doesn't change anything. You know what I'm saying? Like they're still gonna be able to go to the game eventually. You know, I, so I, 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 I agree with that. I think they, I think they need to be arrested. I think they're. I, I saw that the guy who threw the popcorn on Russ is was in court. Like you know. I think there has to be severe penalties because, in a sense, you're crossing a line, whether it's you're throwing stuff, spitting stuff, going on the court, that they need to be prosecuted. And some people are like, oh, that's too much, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, the safety of these guys, you know, I think KD was criticized, but he was like, we're not animals in the zoo, like, you know, and I, I agree with him you know, 100% on that. And let me, the last thing, let me ask you this. And I was, I was talking to some of my AAU kids and we were having this discussion. And of course, both you and I are from a, an older generation and watching the NBA, we, we've seen uh, different levels of the NBA. Do you think right now in 2021, if you look top to bottom, is the league as talented as it's ever been? 
skill wise, skill wise, yes. Doesn't mean they're more, they're better basketball players. Mm-hmm. So, so skill wise, the game of basketball is at its height right now, as far as skill wise. Like, and when I say skill, I mean guys can dribble, pass, and shoot better than they could do back in the day. But understanding the game is might be at an all time low though, mm-hmm. because. So explain, explain that. Explain. Give me an example. So knowing how to play the game, knowing when to use those the stuff you use, and knowing not to overdo. Like just because you can do twenty five between the legs doesn't mean you do it. Like the between the legs is is meant to be done at certain points, and you know use it to get somewhere. Like there's guys that that have all the skills, but they're using it in places they shouldn't be using it. Like. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. just because, like, and and the and you put a guy, like, it's guys that weren't as skilled back in the day, but understood how to play the game better. Like Draymond Green is not the most skilled guy. For he sure. doesn't have as much skill as a lot of these dudes, but he knows how to play the game, so he's always yep. going to be valuable to any team he plays on because he's not a play. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's what I mean. Like, uh, like these kids, all of them. All of them can do everything, but they don't know how to play. And the reason why is because they work out all the time, but they don't play. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they work out way more than they play. And playing is the most important part. That's when yep. you learn how to go against – you if you drive into the hole, how to body somebody up. Like, because you've been through it so many times, you know how to body a big dude up, get a his body, and finish. Whether than shooting a floater or one leg, the, the one leg off the wrong leg, right-hand layup, when you see a big dude coming, you know what I'm saying? Like those are skills you work on in the game. It's good to have, and you might use them, but body knowing how to body somebody up is something you do. You learn in a game playing. So, so do you think that with what you've just said, do you think that's why a player like Luca is so, I mean, he's so dominant and effective right now. He's been playing for so long at, at a professional level. Are you having up? Like, this is what people are. People will never see. I was I was the same way. So when I went from the NBA to overseas, I'm thinking like I'm going to go over here and just dominate these people because they're just not in it. There's just a, this is, I'm another level than these guys. But the basketball is so different and it's so it's so pure. It's like a mm-hmm. pure form of basketball. It's almost like like the college women's game, kind of like that. Like where it's more about your skill level and playing the game the right way every time. And the higher you go, it's more important to play the right way every time. He's been doing that and playing like that since he was 15. He was yep. a EuroLeague MVP at 17, 16, EuroLeague MVP and a champion. That's, like, unheard of. Like, mm-hmm. and you got to understand the things he was doing to grown men and, like, guys have been playing their whole life. Like, it's so much harder to do what he did over there, then it, it's so much easier for him in the NBA than it is overseas. Put it like mm-hmm. that. And he, I, think he, I think he's mentioned something about that in an interview. Like, the NBA, he goes, a lot of parts of the game are easy for me. Only, part, is, that's, only, only part that's harder is that they have the, – the players are more athletic, right? But then, yep. but then they can't touch him. So you, you can be as athletic as you want to, but if I change directions on you like he does between the legs all the time, changes directions, if I change directions on you and go this way, you can't really touch me anyway. So that, that's kind of eliminated. And then going to the rim, 
the guy who's meeting you at the rim is probably way more athletic. A Clint Capella, you got Clint Capella meeting you at the rim mm-hmm. rather than a guy who's like like a Paul Gasol now. You know what I'm saying? Like a four-year-old mm-hmm. Paul Gasol. That's the difference. You know what I'm saying? That's the only difference. But if you're, his skill level is such that he's going to find a way. If, if he drives to the hole, he's going to shoot a floater. He's going he's gonna to penetrate, dump it off, do whatever, step back. He has so many different ways, and he's been doing it for so long that he, he's, he's figuring it out every time. Yep, for sure. Listen, man, I, I could talk I could talk hoops with you all day, man, and I've, I've told people over and over that uh, you're going to be a fantastic, you know, coach, and obviously you're doing that now and doing a great job. And hopefully at some point we can get you roaming the sidelines here at the University of Cincinnati, man. I think the fans would love that. Former players would love that. I would love that. So, But I thought it was important that I got you back on the podcast to kind of update people on where you're at and, you know, let the fans know that you you put in the grind and time that you deserve to to be a coach at, at UC at some point, and I want people to understand that. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. It, it, it don't have to happen right away. It'll happen. I, I mean, I believe in uh, I believe all that stuff. It's gonna come full circle eventually. But uh, yeah, it's not. It's, it'll happen. We'll it'll, it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. So you know, just just let the no fans know. Continue to support Bearcats. You know, we on we on the right path, right direction to, you know, bring back them glory days, man. So for sure. Let's go Bearcats. Yep, for sure, man. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'll let you get back to the grind and uh we'll we'll keep in touch, but I'm definitely gonna see you in Vegas for sure, man. I'll come out and check you out with the big three. For sure. Appreciate you. Man. All right, brother. Yep, all good, bro. We'll we'll catch up. Yep. All right. Later, man. Bye. So um, this segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably. You won't lose any credit or have to start over. Once again, I want to thank everybody for the support. Um, you, the, the, the podcast numbers have doubled. We've got more and more people listening. Um, you know, sponsors want to come aboard. And I really think it's just because people are listening and hopefully we're giving them good content. I think over the next uh, couple months, we've got some surprises and some great content um, coming. Uh, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG and thank you for the support. Once again, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Alex Meacham on Snapchat at Big Meach 41. I'm on TikTok. Alex Meacham 41. Right, Stu? That's right. Video coming soon. Coming soon. I want to thank everybody for listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go, Go Bearcats! Bearcats.